0: if we could all please stand for the reading of God's Word then his disciples said at last you are speaking plainly and not figuratively now we understand that you know everything and there is no need to question you from this we believe that you came from God Jesus asked do you finally believe but the time is coming indeed it's here now When you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Amen. You may be seated. This preaching thing, although I did it an hour ago. Um, <laughs> so I, as I told the first service, this could go one of two ways. I could either have it all stored up and go a really long time, or, uh, or I could fall flat on my face. I mean, this could be, this could be all kinds of fun. Um, I, I do have a, a certain preaching style that, uh, that that's a little bit different. Um, over the years, I've, I've pastored for 23 years. Over the years, I, I started as a um, I started as kind of you know, trying to be that old-school guy, like, you know, like what, you, what you grew up with, and, uh, and then I kind of shifted and tried to be a little more of a teacher, and what I tell everybody now is I've kind of reached that point where it's, my preaching style is the I don't really care. I'll do what I want to do type thing. So I'm very real, um, and, uh, and that can get me in trouble sometimes. I do talk to people um, in this crowd while I'm preaching. Usually I pick out one person, and Pastor Joe volunteered for that this morning, so... <laughs> We got our our Paul Schaefer, David Letterman thing on, so we're good. Uh, This passage is really cool. The passage that we just read, uh, it's a really cool passage. Um, It's so like most of us. The disciples kind of, they figured everything out, you know? You ever figured everything out? I had everything figured out. I was 15 years old. I knew it all then. (laughs) I have forgot it all since. But they, uh, they had figured everything out. They said, finally, you're speaking plainly. We're not figuratively. We, we, we understand it all. And right about that time is when Jesus said, no, you don't. I'm changing it all. You're going to be scattered, and, and, and everything's going to be terrible. And it's just like Jesus to kind of turn things on, on their ear like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then he said this really cool thing. He said, uh, in this world, you will have Trouble. You'll have all kinds of problems. Can I get an amen? <laughs> but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And I love this phrase, take heart, and it's kind of funny because Pastor Jason, by the way, his introduction, uh, I had specifically told him if I was going to preach that I'd, I, I wasn't a guest speaker. I'm part of the church now. I'm just, I'm just one of the guys. And uh, and And so... I didn't want him to make a big deal out of it. And it's just like him to say, hey, let's get a standing ovation involved here. I mean, what a, you know. But, uh, but I t- he, said, he said, if you've got a title for your message, you, know, you can give them the title. They can put it up on the screen. And I, I, I'm not really good at titling stuff. But if I had to title it, I'd probably go with this take heart thing. This is like, it's like a big deal to me because people don't talk like that. When's the last time somebody said to you, hey, take heart, you know, and meant it? like, you know, it's like, it's like I, I work at, uh, with a bunch of millennials, um, and they come to me with their problems, and I'll say, take heart. <laughs> and you know what that means. It's, I don't care. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we and I, we're in this, like, sarcastic world, and, 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 and that's kind of how we defend our, ourselves is through our sarcasm. But Jesus says take heart, and he means it. It's this very encouraging, this very uh, really neat statement because cause take heart, what it means, it means like, you know, have courage to face something that you didn't want to face, you know what I mean, or, or, or you're, you're in a difficult situation and you'd rather go home and, and, and hide in the closet, but you're going to deal with it no matter how hard it is, take heart, you know, stand up, uh, put on your big boy pants, let's do this. Right. And, uh, and so this idea of taking heart is really a, a cool idea um, <laughs> that's really hard to do. I don't know about you, but the past year has sucked. It just occurred to me that I'm not supposed to say words like that anymore. Sorry. It hasn't been great. It's a, so this weekend is a big weekend. It's a, my father-in-law died a year ago tomorrow. He died of COVID. Uh, in fact, his, uh, his birthday, we just celebrated it on Friday. Um, and he celebrated last year on a ventilator and, um, and it, when you when you read words like take heart, then you want to be like, yeah, thanks a lot, Jesus. You know, wow. take heart. I mean, it's just. And if if I had to guess, I'd say most of you all have been having a rough time too. It's kind of hard to to put on the good face whenever everything kind of goes wrong. Just to give you a brief kind of history of, of my of my twenty 2020 twenty into twenty twenty one. In January of twenty twenty, we decided we were going to retire from. Uh, full-time ministry, or, or actually, well, I wasn't even doing full-time ministry at that time. I'd already kind of gone vocational, but we decided to leave the pastorate, and we announced to our church that, that in six months we would be uh, retiring, um, which was a big step, big deal. That February, Stacy, my wife, um, was diagnosed. She had a, a mass in her abdomen the size of like a grapefruit that was around one of her ovaries, and so we went to the hospital, and they did all the cutting and the uh, I did all the cry-in, and, and, and it was just, she, was, she ended up having four or five procedures, I think, last year, I can't remember. We hit that out-of-pocket maximum, I'll tell you what, on the health insurance policy. That's, you know, you don't think about that until it happens, and it's like, hey, this is kind of cool. Well, can we keep this going? Um, everybody got colonoscopies, you know, just get it out of the way. <laughs> so... Um, Where was I? No, March. Of course, we have COVID hits. Everybody's home. Everybody, you know, we we struggled a little bit at that time whether or not we should even go on and retire because the church was kind of in a in a weird place, right? Everybody's church was in a weird place. And then, um, and then, right around November, uh, actually end of October, probably I guess uh, my my father-in-law and 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 my mother-in-law they. They wanted to change up their medicare benefits they invited one of those medicare salesman people to come over a couple days later the medicare salesman person calls them and says hey um I, you've been exposed to covid i didn't know i had it it's not 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 his fault i mean not her fault or you know it's just things happen um she lost her sense of smell and he was in the hospital like you know what i'm saying it's like just out of balance there and um he uh, he got put on a ventilator uh, died in a week. She was still in quarantine. And so we had to tell her through the door of the apartment. I mean, just, you think about those things, it's like, gosh, take heart? Really? That's, that's what you got for me, Jesus, is take heart. It just, I, I don't want to take heart. I want to figure out how to keep this boat from sinking. You know? Like, like the, the things are just a mess and we're taking on water. Um, there's a passage we're going to look at it. I, I know we started in John, but we're actually going to look at this passage in Mark, and it's about this this boat. Because it turns out I'm not the only one that goes through stuff, and uh, you know it was cool after service. I had somebody come up to me and shared their story with me, and it was like the same as mine. It's so neat when you talk about things to find out you know what what other people have de- had dealt with. You, you're not alone. Um, But in Mark chapter 4, there's this passage about the disciples that go out on, on on a boat. It says, As evening came, Jesus said to the disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. lake, by the way, being the Sea of Galilee. So they took Jesus in the boat, and they started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking from the end of the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. And he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. You've heard that story, right? Most of us have. It's actually told three different times in the Bible. It's told in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, There's slight variations to it, but for the most part, you know, you've got some things in common. In every one of the stories, Jesus, he's the one that has the idea, and then he's the one that goes to sleep. Thanks, Jesus. (laughs) I do think it's amazing when you realize that that, that there's at least probably 13 of them, right? Jesus and the other 12. And... um, and when you realize the boat that they were on was probably the size of, like, a big U-Haul truck. Like, that just seems like a bad idea right Right there, you know. Um, but that's, that's kind of what those boats were. In fact, if you go over to, to, to the Holy Lands, they have boats. They call them the Jesus boats. They, they kind of let you know what size they were. Uh, I always, in my head, I get this picture of this big boat, like, like a yacht or like the Pirates of the Caribbean boat, you know. And, like, he's down below deck sleeping or something, but it's actually this little tiny boat. And, and they go out on this lake, and, and when, I, when they say lake, it, it really is a lake. It's a freshwater body of water. Uh, it's about the size of Lake Erie, and it's really shallow. Um, when I say shallow, it's like 100 feet, you know, so it's, I mean, I can't tippy-toe and, and, or anything, but, but, but it's, it's shallow for like a big body of water like that. And so because of that, and because of the hills that are all around it and stuff, and it, it was known as being a very volatile uh, lake. It was known as being a very, very rough sailing. You would go out, you'd fish, and you'd come back in. You didn't usually cross because, uh, because ultimately they, they knew it would be rough waters. So Jesus' idea is, let's go and let's, uh, let's, let's go into these rough waters, and, and, and I'm going to go to sleep. And in each one of them, there's always this, uh, this account where the, where the disciples go, and they wake him up, fearing for their lives. And, and and in each one of them, he gets up and he, he rebukes the wind and the waves. It's kind of funny because in some of them, he yells at them before he rebukes, rebukes the wind and the waves. In other ones, he yells at them afterwards. In, the one of, in Mark, he kind of yells at them afterwards, saying, hey, how come you don't have any faith? And it really it really brings up an interesting thing when you look at all these because you start to wonder, like, at least I start to wonder, like, like what, what was he mad about? Like the boat was sinking. Would you wake up Jesus in that situation? I would too. I, I'd probably yell at him too. <laughs> but you know, I, I was, I was trying to, trying to figure this whole thing out because, because he like, like they. They wake him up, and, and, and he yells at them, and then, and, but he's calmed the winds and the waves. And then, and then this really interesting thing at the very end, I don't know if you, you caught it at the very end, but they were scared for their lives and all that stuff. He calms the winds and the waves, and then it says, and they were absolutely terrified. Did you catch that part? That's after everything's calmed down. Like, is that what you would feel? I, I think you should feel relieved, right? Woo, things are good. But is, no, they were absolutely terrified. Yeah. Why do you think they were terrified? There's a lot of speculation. There's, you know, well, they're terrified because, you know, he demonstrated such power. And who is he? But they'd already seen him demonstrate power, right? They'd, they'd seen all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they'd already seen all, you know, they, they'd heard him talking. And they kind of thought that he was something special or they wouldn't have been following him around. They were terrified because anxiety doesn't make any sense. Right? <laughs> I, we were, we, me and Stacy were talking, and, and you know, her dad died in November, and I didn't really start feeling like anything until January. Wow. Because what you do during that time is you're, you know, you're just doing all the things you're supposed to do, right? You know, you're boom, 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 checking off the, the checklist, and then you settle down, and the, cal- the storms calm down, and then it's like all of a sudden your brain registers, and it's like, oh and the anxiety kicks in. By the way, I know anxiety is not a popular thing to talk about in church. I realize that. Um, me and Joe were talking about in the first service, the be anxious over nothing but pray about everything. That's the one you hear, right? You, you, you hear that one come up and uh, you immediately feel guilty if you feel anxious, right? If you deal with anxiety, it's like something's wrong with me. I'm not, I don't have enough faith. Something's wrong with me. And even hearing Jesus yell at them, it almost feels like Jesus is saying there's something wrong with you if you don't have enough faith, right? You know, if you're you're feeling anxiety. I I do have a a thing about that. I don't know that Jesus was yelling at them because they didn't have enough faith. I kind of think maybe he was yelling at them because they woke him up from taking a nap. (laughs) You in a good mood when people wake you up? (laughs) I've actually got a similar story in my life to this. I, um, we, um, here in Kentucky, you know, we deal with, with tornadoes. Y'all, y'all, y'all know about that. And, uh, and Craig's laughing, right? He knows his story. So, so when I was younger, we had a, we had a, a tornado watch going on uh, at home. Um, we lived in Pleasure Ridge Park right over there by, you know, St. Andrew's Church Road. And, uh, and, and uh, the, it was a tornado watch, so we're all kind of gathered around the TV watching the storms kind of going, you know. Craig, Craig my brother, he's, uh, he's in bed asleep. Uh, so I was, I was probably 15 or 16, which means he was probably 10, something like that, I guess, at the time, 10 or 11. He was asleep, and, uh, and, and, and we were just watching the tornado watch and, and hoping it didn't turn into a tornado warning, right? Because, you know, the difference between tornado watch and tornado, tornado watch is like there could be a tornado. You should get ready, right? You should be prepared. Tornado warning is like we've seen a tornado. Go out on the porch and find it, right? I mean, like, like that's, that's what you do. But, you know, we're watching for it, and, 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 the, and the strange thing happens is it's like, it's like we, we, we start to, to hear the air raid sirens go off. You know those things, right? And, uh, and the storm's getting louder. In fact, we start to hear, like, the sound of, like, a, a train. You heard about that, right? Like, like that's, what, that's what it sounds like, a train. So it's like, oh, my gosh. So my mom's like, all right, we got to get prepared and, go, you know, go get your brother, uh, you know. So I run upstairs to get Craig because we're going to take him down to the basement. He's just, you know, sound asleep. And like the thoughtful brother I am, I'm like, Craig, there's a tornado, we're gonna die. Come on. I don't know if I said we're gonna die, but it makes the story better. Um, and he gets up and and literally this is what he does. He gets up and he just starts going, Ah like 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 that. Like he runs downstairs and we get downstairs and I don't remember we turned over like the piece of the couch, hit under the couch, the train's getting louder, and, uh, and we're, just, we're just scared. And then all of a sudden, we hear the train whistle. Because we live by train tracks. So it made sense. We realized we were kind of afraid for a little nothing there. But I think about Craig waking up and how he reacted, and I think, you know, Jesus, they woke him up the same way. Jesus, we're going to die. He, Jesus got up and said, ah! <laughs> I don't think he was mad I think he just he just you know was human you know he was human <laughs> here's what you got to remember you got to remember that the disciples knew who Jesus was to a certain extent they were following him and they knew that if they woke him up he could save them right that, that's the reason they woke him up they knew they were on a boat with somebody who had control over just about everything. They had seen him turn water into wine. They had seen him heal sick people. They had seen him cast out demons. At this particular point in two of the, two of the versions of the story, this happens immediately after they feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes. And they collect 12 baskets full. By the way, I, I do kind of wonder, like, did they take a basket on the boat with them? You know, like leftovers. Like, I, I didn't even think about that until just now. But it's like, that could have made for a messy boat, too. So they'd seen all this stuff. They knew that they were okay. Surely they knew they were okay. They knew they were at least in good hands. They're still flipping out because there's water getting in the boat. There's water getting in the boat. And, 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 and if I had to guess, you know, the Bible talks about how other boats followed with them. I had to, if I had to guess, I bet you the other boats probably turned away. You know, there's all kinds of stuff it's just kind of getting in their heads here. So you know that's kind of the disciples' disposition. And Jesus, on the other hand, he's kind of, he's kind of got a different disposition. See, he... Um, knew that he was taking a big group of guys out onto a rough and stormy water and he went to sleep. So there's something that's distinctly different about whatever was going on inside of the disciples and whatever was going on inside of Jesus. Because in the middle of this same situation, they have two totally different dispositions. I mean, Jesus was human. I mean, it's not like he was, was, was not. I mean, the Bible says that we have a high priest who sympathizes with our needs because he was in always right. tempted as us. I mean, I mean, we 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 know that Jesus dealt with things. So what was the difference? I think the difference comes in that word anxiety. That word that we're kind of not supposed to talk about. We're supposed to fake it till we make it. We're supposed to, you know, put on and pretend like we've got a brave thing. We're supposed to say those things. Um, <laughs> I remember, I, I, you know, I, w- I would be afraid of something and I'd have somebody say, don't speak that into existence. And I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> In February, I, uh, I started to, to deal with issues this year my throat started having trouble I was clearing my throat all the time and I was kind of just I don't know I felt like there was always something stuck in there you know what I mean and uh, and by March I had kind of lost my voice completely I wasn't even really able to, to talk it was, I would go to church and, and, uh, and um, it's kind of it's, it's a strange thing when you can't sing in church you learn to become a more demonstrative hand raiser right so I, 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 I did I did a lot of that but I went to the doctor, and the, you know, the doctor at first was like, well, maybe it's GERD, uh, you know, the reflux thing. And maybe it's, and then it's like, well, we think your vocal cords might, might, might be a little rough and tumble. They, I went to the uh, ear, nose, and throat doctor. They stuck the, um, this is fun, they stuck this camera up my nose that goes down my throat. You done that one? Wow. I mean, I thought they put you to sleep before they put tubes inside of you. But no, they kept me awake for this one, and, and, the, um, and I was like, what, what exactly is the reason for all this? I need you to look in my throat. He says, oh, that's to bypass your gag reflex, and I was like, I didn't need to know that at all. Like, that's just, wow. And he'd look around down there, and they'd, they, had, they had one thing where they did, a, 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 I think, a strobe light. They were going to do that to, to see how my vocal cords would react and all that stuff, and they referred me to a speech speech therapist or vocal therapist to, to do vocal exercises and stuff because what they said, they said, well, there comes a point in time when you, you just kind of forget how to... I was like, I, I've, been, I've been talking a long time, so I'm, I'm pretty good at it. Um, my throat started to like swell up on, on one side, I remember, and I was like paranoid that I maybe I'd taken a pill and gotten a reaction or something, and I went to the urgent care and and, and I, I said, I feel like my glands are swollen right there. And they're like, oh, my gosh, the only gland that's there is your thyroid gland. And we, So they just were down. I'm down at the hospital now at Jewish. And they do a CT scan on my thyroid. And, and, uh, and, and I'm just, I remember I'm even like, <laughs> this is terrible. I'm laying in the hospital bed kind of like this to, like, keep my, my neck stretched out because it just felt so terrible. And the doctor comes in and he looks at me and he says, uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with your thyroid. And we looked all of them down. There's nothing wrong with anything. You're, you know, have you been dealing with any kind of stress lately? Sad thing is, as soon as he says his words, I'm not even joking. Like I immediately feel like my throat loosen up and it all gets clear. Everything's perfect now. Like, like, like I'm fit as a fiddle all of a sudden. Moo, like, and I felt the emotion that every single one of you would feel in that same situation. I felt stupid. You know what I mean? I told my wife, this is all in my head. This is so dumb. It's all in my head. Everything that I deal with. Is and being an encouraging uh, spouse, you know, she, 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 she's like, no, you know, if you feel something, you need to get it dealt with. You know, it's not, don't. Meanwhile, the medical bill is probably racking up there. But she did it the year before, so I don't care. (laughs) Anxiety. Turns out, it turns out that when you give up the job that you've done for 23 years and the whole world goes under lockdown and a close family member dies and your wife goes through five surgeries, turns out all that takes a toll on you. And your brain does these weird things, and, 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 and it becomes hard to take heart. It becomes really uh, challenging because what you want to do is you want to deal with all the symptoms, right? you want to deal with all the issues. It's like, okay, I need to take care of my wife. She needs me at this time. I need to take care of my, my mother-in-law because she needs us desperately at this time. And I need to, to make sure that, that everything's straightened out at work because everybody's working from home now. And we've got to make sure that everybody's got all their stuff. And, and we're constantly dealing with all this stuff. In the meantime, this storm's just raging and uh, the boat seems to be sinking, and I'm getting kind of freaked out about it. And then when Jesus comes in and says, "Hey, peace be still to the storm," and it calms down, I'm not ready to be calm yet. You know what I mean? Be anxious over nothing. Pray about everything. Thanks, Jesus. Um, I do have a C.S. Lewis quote. I was told that was a requirement. (laughs) Turns out this guy, uh, C.S. Lewis, he wrote a book called A Grief Observed. About two years before uh, he died, his wife died. And he wrote about it. One of the things he said, he said, nobody told me that grief felt so much like fear. And he actually had this particular quote that I think is really cool. He says, I'm not afraid, but the sensation is like being afraid. It's the same fluttering in the stomach, the same restlessness, the yawning. I keep on swallowing. It doesn't sound like the eloquent C.S. Lewis that we're used to reading about, is it? But it turns out anxiety has no uh, limits. It's going to come get you, right? And so the question is, you know, I've got these disciples that are dealing with all this anxiety about the boat sinking and... Jesus, who who obviously is a lot better about it than they are, and he calms the winds, he calms the waves, and they're still afraid. And so the question becomes, how do we deal with it? I think Jesus uses really cool language. He says, silence, be still. Some versions he says, peace, be still. Tons of songs written about that one, right? Right? We love those songs. Songs written about it because we like to think that, that we know the, uh, the guy that can calm the winds and the waves. But we already knew that, didn't we? We already knew that. We already knew he could, he could do that. We also know he's the one that makes the winds and the waves. Man, put that in your noodle. The, cor- the storm that he calms is the one he created. So I started to kind of wonder, what if instead of... You know, we're reading this written from the perspective of somebody who saw it happen, right? We're reading this from, from this eyewitness account. You know, and so what if, you know, they say, hey, he said to the winds and the waves, peace be still. What if, what if he was talking to more than just the winds and the waves? And what if he was talking to me? The Bible talks about stillness all over the place. Some. 46 says, be still and know that I am God. There's a wonderful passage where Elijah's in a cave and he wants to hear from God and it says there's a, a great wind that comes and there's a great fire that comes and a great shaking that comes. None of these had God in them, but then this still small voice came and that was him, that was God. I've always wondered, like, did the still small voice come after all those or was it there all the time? And he just couldn't hear it over the wind and the fire and the shaking. Stillness is this idea that even though everything around us is going nuts, we can be assured that he's got it and it's okay. We can take heart because he's overcome the world. So what's that mean for real, though? Like, thank you very much for the uh, fancy theological conversation about stillness. What does that mean? Does that mean I do yoga? I mean, can you see me doing yoga? (laughs) That actually might be kind of fun. Or meditation or, you know, here's what it boils down to. There's all kinds of things you can do to try to deal with things. What you have to do is you have to deal with them, though. We've got this idea in our head that we're going to be tough that we're going to be brave, that we're going to fake it until we make it. And unfortunately, those that fake it until they make it will eventually break it. So why not just break it up front? Let me tell you some things Jesus did to achieve stillness. When people got on his nerves, he went somewhere to be alone. What? Yes, people got on his nerves. And he went off to be alone. There were other times whenever he needed support, and he needed help, but he didn't need everybody. So he'd just pick out a few people and say, come with me. We're, we're going to do this together, just, just, a, just the four of us. Which, by the way, can you imagine the drama in the disciple group when that happened? I'll take you, you, and you. And then the other ones are like, what? He cried. Shortest shortest passage of scripture in the Bible. Jesus wept. We like to joke about it. Man, it's full of a lot of stuff though, isn't it? King of the universe. But when he was sad, he cried. He grieved. He sorrowed. He had compassion. He cried. We, We got this idea where we can't cry. Can you imagine being on a boat with a bunch of fishermen? Here's Jesus, the crier, and a bunch of fishermen. And you know they don't cry, right? They're tough. They're sailors. Side note. My understanding is they were pretty bad fishermen. If you read the Bible, it turns out like they never caught anything. Like until he came around, and then it's like, hey, yeah. Uh, anyways, that doesn't have to do with anything. It's a good thing they were tough, though, right? No. Nah. He felt insecure at least according to some of his questions. There was, one, there was one passage in John chapter 6 where there was 5,000 people had come to hear him. And then the next day, uh, it said, he says, well, you know, I don't have bread to offer you today. Instead, I am the bread of life. And, and it, the Bible says this is a hard teaching. And they walked away. And then he turns to his disciples. No joke, this is for real. Turns to his disciples and says, are you going to leave too? That's an insecure question if I've ever heard one. See the way that Jesus achieved stillness was by fully experiencing the anxiety that he had and letting it run its course. Like, like he, he didn't pretend like it wasn't there. He didn't fake it. He didn't. He didn't try to just deal with the symptoms. Like, you know what? If I'm sad, I'm going to cry. If I if, if if I'm if I'm if I'm lonely, then I'm going to be around people. If I if people are getting on my nerves, I'm going to get alone. Like he dealt with what he felt inside because he understood that that's just part of the human experience so why do we think we're better than Jesus I can't do any better than him so that's what I decided to do I decided to start experiencing what I experience my wife makes fun of me because I do cry no she doesn't make fun of me she she thinks that's sexy (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be in trouble after church (laughs) But that's the thing. I, I even talked to somebody after church this morning. I, I, you know, I, I can't say that I've licked the anxiety thing. I'm still like this horrible ball of anxiety, but I know this. I know that when I'm anxious, I can take it, and I can lay my burden down. Just like they said in the song earlier, He said, cast all my cares upon. because He cares for me, and, and I can do that. And so often we take his burden because his burden is easy. Yoke is, you, know, you know, remember that, that whole passage? We do that, but we keep our own burden too. What in the world, right? supposed to lay that down, and we lay that down by letting it out. Maybe by yelling at all the disciples whenever they wake you up from a nap. We let it out. So that's what I want to encourage you to do, because if you do that, then you might be able to take a nap whenever the storm's going on. We're going to pray a prayer and... uh, and it's going to be like the worst prayer you've ever prayed. <laughs> like you know how the pastor's supposed to like, like pray prayers that are like inspiring. And you go out to face of the day. my prayers are awful. Because I'm just like honest, right? And I'm like, I don't got this figured out. And that's, that's the prayer we're going to pray for just a second. You know, just for a moment here. We're going to pray this just kind of vulnerable prayer that says, that says maybe I don't know how to deal with the situation I'm in. But I'm willing to, I'm willing to, Go through it if you are. And not only that, Jesus, but because I'm not you, I'm going to wake you up. I always think about that. Like, like if they got on the boat again and he was asleep again and the storm was going again, like how much would they have talked to each other about whether or not to wake him up this time? You know? You know what I would have done? Wake him up. It's his fault we're out here. <laughs> and that's what we're going to do. We're going to wake him up. So would you pray with me, Jesus, we love you God God, I don't like being afraid God I realize that's what my anxiety is it's nothing just it's fear in disguise, and I don't like being afraid and I, and I, and I trust you and I, and, I, and, I, and I want to trust you, but sometimes it's like are you asleep? <laughs> and so, what I've chosen to do, God, is I've chosen to just bring it to you and just lay it out. I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I'm okay. I'm not going to pretend like like like, like I'm, I'm I'm good with all this, God. I'm just going to lay it out and I'm going to I'm going to let you know what I think and I'm going <clears> to <throat> I'm going to wake you up, and then I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to trust that you didn't get me in this boat just to let me drown. And God, if you did get me in this boat to let me drown, God, I'm going to trust that that's okay too because I'll get to be with you. But I know this. I'm not going to keep pretending that I'm not wrestling with something, God. I'm just going to face it I'm going to take heart, I'm going to take courage, and I'm going to face it. Even though I don't want to, I'm going to face it. Because I know that's what you want me to do. You've overcome this world. And so I cast my lot with you. Jesus, you're good. Walk with me. I'll trust you. Amen.